The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, I am joined by Maggie Whitehouse, the hedge priest and author of Tales of the Blue Panda. We are going to radiate cheekiness today because that's the type of book this is. (laughs) Hello, Maggie. How are you today, dear? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, we're radiating cheekiness and holy mischief. Oh, holy mischief. I like that. Cheekiness and holy mischief. Of course, you know, I think Americans generally understand what cheekiness is from Austin Powers and different movies like that. But um, this Tales of the Blue Panda is rather cheeky um, in terms of being funny, being irreverent. Yeah. So this is a fiction book. It is. It's my fifth fiction book. Oh, my Lord. Out of 19 now. And it sort of wrote itself during lockdown. And I really, really enjoyed writing it. It was such fun to write. And if a book's fun to write, hopefully it's fun to read. And you have a pussycat on your head. Did you know that? I told you the cat was going to come around. Yes. This is working from home. Brilliant. (laughs) The dog will start barking and, you know, we all are in that boat together. So this I just wanted to write a book about um, spirit and also about a sort of ramped up version of me because I'm a minister in the United Kingdom, not a lot of ministering going on in the churches at the moment. But 
I just wanted to write something about a minister who really is seeing spirit, who really is open to the divine, because an awful lot of us are, we so get so closed down in theology college and we tend to stick to the liturgy and stick to the, the rule of law. And we kind of lose that joy that brought us to it in the first place. And Tales of the Blue Panda is actually about a, a woman who doesn't even know she's a minister. She's lost her memory. And she finds out that she is the rector, which means she's in charge of a load of parishes. And she didn't even know she was a Christian. She thought she was a Hindu agnostic. So she's sort of going, what, what, what? The whole book is her going, really? Did I? What? No, I don't know. And I love this idea of losing your memory because it keeps you fresh to everything. Oh, yes, it does, doesn't it? Because you get discovery all over the place. This is a great, uh, great theme to bring into any book because I think, you know, we, we discover right along with the character what's going yeah. on. And I have to say for American audiences, <laughs> this is not a book about a panda animal, is it? Nope, nope. The clue's in the picture on the front. That's a car. And it's an Italian car called a Fiat Panda. So, yes, it, it has confused quite a few people, but that's rather fun, too. It's cheeky to make people think you're going around spray painting pandas, pandas blue. <laughs> well, and they've been known as a, a police vehicle, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, for that reason, I'm looking at your the uh, description here, and um, it just, from the description, it sounds like Douglas Adams meets Doctor Who, and I just love the vibe. Thank you. Well, I adored Douglas Adams, and I was actually really lucky back in the year 2000. He and a colleague of his, uh, Richard Creasy, had started what was original, uh, the original Facebook, if you like, on the BBC. It was called 360 Degrees, 360 Changing the World by Degrees. And it was all about trying to bring uh, compassion and healing and health and happiness to the world. And I was a producer on that for a year. So I was sort of imbued with a little bit of the essence of Douglas Adams. And I got the scripts to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I utterly adored it. So to have it compared is, is lovely. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for the inspiration I got from him. And also from C.S. Lewis, the Narnia stories. I just thought, let's see if we can bring some of the magic and mystery and all the underlying spirituality in nature that's in Narnia and add a bit of Douglas Adams and try not to be plagiaristic about it. So we've got magic and mystery and joy and angels and demons and, and oh God, it was such fun. <laughs> well, of course, this is the second time you've been on the podcast. Uh, and the first time you came on, we found out that you're not only a, a hedge priest, which is uh, kind of a cheeky term for <laughs> being a minister, and uh, but we also found out that you have done a fair amount of improv and are like actually really good at it and very comic. That's very kind of you. Not a lot of live commentary comedy going on this last year. I've been doing Zoom gigs. Uh, but yes, yes, I, I love comedy and I love making things laugh and lifting things up and the idea of enlightenment, usually people think it's terribly serious and all that, but it's about lightening up. Everything's about lightening up. And I love telling jokes about 
crazy things that people haven't thought about. And, and you know, you can make wonderful comedy about Christmas because even if you don't believe in the uh, virgin birth or anything, you have to look at the crib in a church and in the United Kingdom, the baby Jesus, apart from being white with Donald Trump's hairdo, he's about the size of an eight-year-old. So you look at the model of Mary and you look at the model of Jesus and think, my God, a woman got that out. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. <laughs> That's a miracle. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is so implausible anyway. But, you know, we, we, do, we do believe it. I think there's a certain amount of magic in the story and a certain amount of wonder as well. And, you know, that's what I love about the, you know, what you bring to the table, Maggie, is that you bring all of this. Um, well, we talked the last time about the Kabbalah and all of the work that you've done in Kabbalistic, um, you know, narrative and Kabbalistic tradition and ritual and everything. But you bring this in also with Christianity. My God, you're a religious scholar. You, you man, I was so educational when we talked last time. And then um, so you bring all of this in as well. And then you got the cheeky part on it, too. And I tell you what, humor really drives the message home, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, because the Bible is nasty and brutish and misogynistic if you read it literally. Yes. It really is. But if you read it with humor, if you read it allegorically and metaphysically and say, what is this pushing? Where is this pushing my buttons? Where am I projecting? What are the stories actually about? Um my God, there's a talking donkey that probably didn't actually happen, which is a clue. You know, a lot of this didn't actually happen, but it's what's known as myth. And one of the things we've done in the modern world is we've retranslated the word myth to mean something that isn't true. Right. But what it actually means is a perennial truth. And there's a saying one of my teachers gave me, which sums it up for me perfectly, which is, I don't know if it happened. I don't know if it didn't happen, but I know that the story is true. And if you look at the virgin birth, because we're around the Christmas time at the moment, and uh, we've got this story of, which is a replay of all the great sacred stories of the Sky Woman giving birth to creation. Right. We have Mary as the sky woman giving birth to the idea of creation. And the mystic says Christ. Christ is not Jesus's surname. Christ is creation. It's the blueprint. In the beginning was the word, was the blueprint, was the Christ consciousness. So we're all part of it. And, of course, religion has carved it all off up and made it exclusive. But actually, it's meant to be totally wonderful and god does not have an ego you know people go around saying you're going to hell if you don't believe in god god doesn't give a flying what's it whether you believe in god or not god just wants you to be happy god just is god just yeah. is and yeah the 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 notion of that it that god is something else out there that is sitting on a throne and judging everyone that is so god that doesn't even feel good does it no, no, it, it really doesn't. I mean, Christianity was doing great until it got adopted by the Roman Empire in the fourth century. And it yeah. instead of being all about um, community, sharing everything, they lived in communes, they didn't have their own personal possessions, they took care of the poor, they included the women and the slaves. It was really equaling idea it was the most beautiful idea and then suddenly it gets adopted by the roman empire and turned into a religion of power war control and jolly nice robes 
and silly hats. One of the reasons why I love my bishop is he says it isn't a proper religion if it doesn't have silly hats. And that, that yeah, that sums it up, basically. Yeah, I think that sums it up. Well, let's, yeah. return, let's return to your book, The Blue Panda. So um, can, you, can you walk us through some of the themes, walk us through a bit of the story without giving away the whole cow? I'll give it a go. Well, so <laughs> there's a lady called, her, her parents called her Phaedra Amada Amabel Ransom. Phaedra, P-H-A-E-D-R-A, Amabel, A-M-A-B-E-L. And her third name is Velvet. So she's a little bit bitter about all the spelling to start with because nobody can spell her name right. So we've got that theme running through it about spelling. And she's actually got this kind of psychic intuition where she can tell how somebody's name is spelt without even hearing it. She can hear Catherine with a C or Catherine with a K and things like that. And that's just a little theme that runs through it and also there's a lot about cooking. But she's basically woken up after an accident, found that she's lost her memory. She's got to reinvent her life. But what she does discover was in the previous life, she was an exorcist. And she was working with a team of exorcists who were helping, not not to get rid of demons per se, though those turn up later. Uh, I did place it in a few years after the pandemic to say that, And this is something that is sort of close to my heart in that when people die, the majority of us pass through to another world perfectly happily and easily. But some of us don't because we miss the light. Have you seen the movie Ghost? Oh, yeah. Years ago. Patrick Swayze and Patrick Swayze. He's murdered. And because he's so concerned about what's happening and his lovely Demi Moore, he misses the light to go through. And sometimes when there's something like a pandemic or a war, everybody gets so confused. And after they die, some people miss the light. So Amabel Ransom's whole life has been about making sure that people who die get through. And once she's had a death experience of herself of herself through this car accident, she finds that every night she is picked up by her dead brother in a blue Fiat Panda car and driven off through the solar system, out into the universe, into another dimension, to the heavens, where she can rescue souls that have got lost halfway between the two. It's quite funny in places as well, uh, but it's all about magic and mystery and the fluidity of time and what humans can really do and she has to learn also to be a vicar at the same time because she's completely lost her memory she's got no idea what she's doing but she's also having been dead got the ability now to see angels so wherever she goes into a church she sees the angel of that church and she gets looked after and protected by angels because there are a certain amount of demons who want to stop humanity helping to get souls through because um, these demons eat negativity They're a bit like the pain body of Eckhart Tolle, and they want humans to be unhappy. And, of course, this last year has encouraged a lot of humans to embrace a lot of unhappiness for many logical, valid reasons. And I I do have this thing because I've done funerals for a long time, since before I was a minister, and I do know that sometimes souls don't go through and you need a little bit of help to get through. And sometimes it concerns me when there's so many um, funeral directors who do the services themselves and secular celebrants and things like that. And that's absolutely fine. But every now and then a soul gets missed and it 
I just wanted to point out that we can all help souls get through. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, you. so you bring so much of your own, well, it's not your personal theology, but no, it is kind of rather because yeah. you pull in your own personal theology from so many different places. So you bring so much of your personal theology into this as well. So why write it as fiction? Because it's no fact. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> okay. my friend. And, and also, you can get a message through so much more beautifully with a story. Because if you engage somebody in a story, lots of people are reading Blue Panda who never met you, me, would never want to study with me, but are still enjoying it and picking up the odd thing. And I'm getting lovely feedback from people on social media that sort of say, well, I read it and I enjoyed it and I laughed and now I'm going to go back and read it again because there's some points in there I want to think about. And I'm just going, oh, thank you. That's wonderful. That's marvelous. A book they want to read twice. How good is that? Right. And they get it. They're, they're, yeah. they're saying that, okay, there was some bigger message here and I missed yeah. it among the story let me go back and catch it again i think that's wonderful well you know this um you know this goes back to mystery plays uh to pantomimes yeah uh not pantomime like marcel Marceau, but the pantomime the old um you know plays that missed the mystery plays the idea yeah. of that um for well at the time it was illiterate people and to understand the bible we put yeah. on these these um, these plays to tell to enact the story. So um, was that kind of your what you were going for? Yeah, I mean, obviously it is written down, but it is exactly that to make the pictures, to tell the story, to to make the myth, to make the myth, tell the story of the myth. And the myth is that humans go on, and that humans are conscious, and that humans. All the old Greek myths talked about Charon and the river that you cross to get to the underground, uh, other lands. And there are other stories about people talking about rainbow bridges. And I just wanted to bring it all in, but I wanted to land it on a vicar to show that even Christians can understand this. <laughs> but it is... Um, I, I got inspired to write it, not only because it just came, which was lovely, but I went um, for a day's workshop uh, for trainees in television just back before um, the COVID crisis. And it was an odd thing. That was guidance because I used to be a TV presenter and producer. I produced national television shows and I've been a radio presenter. Uh, but this advert just jumped out at me for a training day for people in TV. And I knew I had to go. And it took a little bit of um, squashing down of the old ego. You know, for God's sake, what are you doing this for? Everybody else is going to be 17. And I did go to it. And I did stick out like a sore thumb. So the two senior producers from the television company that were organizing it did come and say, why are you here? <laughs> Because you know, I'm 64, I really should not be looking to start a career in research in television right now. And I said, I'm here because I want to know what to do next. And this is where I got guided to come. And they were going, oh, God, wanky bollocks, pardon my French. But they, they said, so what are you? What do you do? And I told them. And I said, the thing is, being a hedge priest, which is a, a freelance figure on the edge of things, one who's more of a mystic and works for whatever church will hire them, and um, I don't mind what the denomination is. 
And they went, whoa, that's unusual. And I said, yes, but the problem with that is you can't be used as an expert by anybody because they want you to be defined. And I'm undefinable, so I don't know what to do. And they said, well, I think you should embrace your weird. I think you should go weirder. And now I just wanted to send a huge thank you and shout out to our subscribers and supporters of this podcast. A huge thank you goes to Julian, John, James, Marissa, Charlotte, Pauline, Becky, and Louise. Thank you all so much for keeping this podcast going. And hey, if you're listening right now and you'd like to support this podcast, by all means, wherever you're listening, hit the like, the follow button, the subscribe button, send us five stars, a positive review. Hey, that wouldn't hurt. And share this with your friends. We greatly appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. You can also go to our website and click on the shop button and then scroll down to subscriptions and sign up for a subscription to the Radiate You group on Facebook to get all kinds of extra content. You can also subscribe to our services and get a great deal on healing, insight, and more. Another way to support our podcast is to go to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast and click on the Donate Now button. Whatever you choose to do, however you want to support us, we greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening. Right. We could really, really ramp it up on the weird. And I thought, okay. So I came home and I contacted a lady I know who lives about 10 miles away. And I've I've studied with her a little and she's a witch. Well, she's a a shaman. I would call her a shaman. She calls herself a witch, the Dartmoor witch. And she does uh, deep, dark journeying for you. Takes you into the underworld and up to the higher worlds and helps you find aspects of your soul. And I said to her, would you like to do a podcast with me? So we started a podcast called Wise Women, the Vicar and the Witch. And it was from that that the Blue Panda came because I've ramped her up and I've ramped me up. So this is a book about two women who love and admire each other. One is a witch and one is a vicar and how they're working to dispel demons who are trying to eat people after they die. And it... It's not her and it's not me, but we both laugh like drains at it. We love it. We just, I'm just doing another one. I've started another one. So we're going to do a series about vicars and witches and just make it as crazy and bonkers as possible so people laugh. Really? Another, so another fiction book about vicars and witches? Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah, would be. got to follow this one up. Oh my goodness, that would be so much fun. Well, um, here in in America, we call that like letting the letting the weirdness come out. We call it letting your freak flag fly. Oh, I love that. Let your freak. I'm writing that. Let your freak flag fly. Yes. Oh, God, that's alliterative, isn't it? Let your right. Yeah. Fly that freak flag, honey. <laughs> fly it proudly. Let yeah, this is my freak. Fly. My freak flag flying. Yes, my freak flag flying. We have a, a terrible saying in, in the United Kingdom, uh, which is a rhyme which I'm going to try and say, I am not a pheasant plucker. I'm pheasant plucker's mate. <laughs> which is a lot worse than let your freak flag fly. 
Oh, that can have some pretty uh, inappropriate consequences. Yeah. And we also had a comedy group in the United Kingdom called Cunning Stunts. (laughs) And I had to interview them. Can you imagine being on the BBC (laughs) having your cunning stunts? Don't get it wrong, cunning stunts. (laughs) Have to really over enunciate. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. I'm just gonna start losing it here, Maggie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just want to be a fly on your wall, dear. Oh bless you. <laughs> oh bless you. It's so, so nice to talk to you, Christy. How are things your end? How are you? Oh, that's so sweet of you to ask, Maggie. Um just very well, thank you. It's getting so eager to see 2020 go. I think I'm going to stay up until midnight on uh, New Year's Eve to make sure that it's gone. Yeah. It leaves. Yeah. And looking forward to 2021. It was very kind of you to ask. Um, so we'll, I'll have to have you back on the show when you write this new book. Well, I'm always writing books, Christy, so that would be lovely. Well, I tell you this, I mean, this, this one looks like so much fun. I know I've got a copy of it sitting on my, on my laptop and I'm working my way through it slowly, but I'm such a slow reader, Maggie, because I have many, many, many things I'm reading. Um, But it's just so much fun. And I'm going to read from the Amazon description. Waking up dead was always going to be a life changer. That alone, that is the worth the price of admission. Even if the even if the being dead bit didn't last all that long, so for Bella Ransom, life began again in the mortuary. A head injury had erased pretty much all of who she thought she was, and what she believed. So again, this like just so much fun. What a great way to tell a story with having a character that where you have to explain her life to her, and she gets to examine it all anew. It's kind of like one of these. Um, oh, there's a word for it. Um, I have a master's in English. Why am I not thinking of this word? Where, <laughs> where the character is kind of a rube and naive. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when everybody explains all of these things to it, it, it turns into this, when everyone explains everything to the character, it's kind of like pointing up all of these societal norms and these yeah right social social foibles and and strange things so yeah you get to explain to a vicar about the afterlife yeah and also she has this incredible happening just after she gets home where she gets a knock on the door and there's a man there who's rather tentative and he's asking her if she's willing to christen his daughter and she's sort of going on i suppose there's a book on how to christen things i don't know how to do it but yes why on earth would i not want to christen your daughter um and it's only after he goes that she works it out that he's her ex-husband she'd oh. only just realized that he she she's forgotten all about him Everything. she doesn't remember how it ended or anything like that so she can she cannot hate him she cannot be angry with him. She cannot be resentful with him. And who was thinking that she might really res- resist christening the daughter that was born with the woman he left her for? But she can't remember. And there's just this little vignette in there that how much easier life might be in some respects if we all lost our memory about ex-lovers. Absolutely. Because it's the memory that drives us crazy, isn't it? Well, it is. And just, yeah, the memory of all of the trauma and holding on to all of that. What would life be 
if we didn't have that? That is very interesting, Maggie. I mean, I can see how so much truth is packed into the silly little story, right? That's so much truth. She's also apparently desperately in love with somebody, but she's forgotten, which is a bit embarrassing. Oh dear, that's so she had to fall in love with him all over again, or not? <laughs> right. I, I I almost wanted to ask. Well, did she? And then I and then I thought, no, we don't want any spoilers. No, no, no. The, that that wasn't a spoiler. I promise. But the, at the end of it, it does end up with her in a showdown with Lucifer in a cathedral. Yes. Wonderful. Oh yeah. my gosh. There, this is just making me think of all of the wonderful shows about angels and demons, and even the one with David Tennant out yeah. there, right? Uh, oh, Good back. Omens. Oh, I love yeah. that. Terry Pratchett is absolutely one of my heroes. Oh, and if I ever, ever write a book one day that somebody says it's a bit like Terry Pratchett, I will, I would leap up in the air with absolute joy because. Terry Pratchett, Douglas Adams, all these people. Terry Pratchett was so wise. So many of the things in his books were so amazing. There's one little bit where death is looking at, at, at a woman and saying, you humans, you invented boredom. <laughs> There's nothing else in the universe that gets bored but a human being, and you invented boredom. And I thought, God, we did too, didn't we? <laughs> We did. Well, you know, this humor and wisdom is, I mean, this is so true. I mean, it goes all the way back to King Lear, doesn't it? And, the, his, yeah. and his fool. The fool was the wisest character of them all, but yeah. masquerading as a fool. Well, not masquerading, but, you know, was given this, this position in life. But, I mean, there's so much wisdom in silliness and cheekiness. Yeah. And you can get, the fool could tell the king the truth in the guise of a joke. Whereas anybody else who tried to tell the king the truth would probably get their head chopped off. Right. Right. Absolutely. So much truth in silliness, so much truth in humor, and so much truth in just being being cheeky. Um, it's interesting, like if you sat down to write, well, speaking of boredom, if you sat down to write all of these truths into just a, you know, a, a regular book, it might seem a little heady. It might seem a little boring to some and not you know not very entertaining but my gosh you stick a story to it well let's face it i wrote a book called kabbalah and healing who's going to read a book on kabbalah and healing unless they're already into kabbalah it's not going to be a bestseller and i'm terribly chuffed that two of my kabbalah books are in the top 100 in books on kabbalah in Amazon. but that's only because there's only about 500 books on kabbalah and the audience is very small. So I think it's really, really important to, to write funny, lovely stuff that can people can relax to and enjoy and, and chuckle at the fact that you can make uh, elderflower champagne with holy water and spit it at people. <laughs> but we have a, a joke in Devon here because it's always wet in Devon in the winter. It's, uh, we get lots of floods and lots of winds and something and we we at the church I work in at the moment which is the Methodist church we have a a joke that if we just blessed all the water we could have drive-by baptisms <laughs> every time you went out you know you get a wash of water knocked all over you yeah baptism no atheists in Devon and it's just a joke but it does make us laugh <laughs> that is so fun that is so fun yeah you get blessed every time it rains yeah. 
First, yeah. you say to people, bless water. Whenever you see a river, or even if there's water coming out of that tap, bless it. Say, may grace travel with you, because water just goes round and round and round everywhere. And you can bless the water up the faucet all the way back to the origin and all the way following through. And, and just trust that that water carries a blessing. It's just a lovely little thing to do. And who knows? It may work. Oh, I love that. It is wonderful because, yeah, the water cycle just takes it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know, we we say sometimes that we're actually drinking dinosaur piss because, yeah. the, you know, this water just keeps get re getting recycled. So what a wonderful way to bless it and send it on its way. Absolutely. Even Jesus and all the prophets went to the lavatory. So it's all going round. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. You need to have your own comedy special, dear. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Why would it be funny to think that Jesus going to the lavatory? Well, that's because we stuck him on this huge, great pedestal and made him some big, fierce god throwing lightning bolts when he was a really nice bloke who was nice to women and people who had problems. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> It's like, well, we must remember that he is the son of man that makes him human, but yeah. not too human. No. Well, no. I think male body, feminine soul, yes. imbued with spirit. Absolutely. Bring the whole package. Yeah. Um, you know, you were in television. Well, of course, yes, you were in television for a number of years. Radio, production, all of these things. Have you ever considered turning your fiction into some sort of series? I would love to. It's not up to me, though. Every now and then I send a book off to somebody and I will I just give it up to God. It, when the time is right, if it's appropriate, then so it shall be. But I don't mind living my lovely little life of obscurity in Devon. I am incredibly happy. We live a life. We have a life of a hermit with a good social life. You know, we live a very, very quiet, peaceful, low low maintenance life and that's lovely and but if god wants to pick me up and turn one of the books into a tv series i'll go with it but if it doesn't happen that's fine if it happens after i'm dead that's fine i'm very very happy i'm one of the luckiest most blessed women on the planet yes you truly are you get to do everything that you enjoy doing and you get to do it very well and you get to live life on your own terms that's all we can ask for but let's imagine that um, that this book, Tales of a Blue Pan Tales of the Blue Panda, were made into a movie. Who would you want to be in it? Oh, isn't that well, a I think fun? Meghan Markle should be um, Bella, don't you? Say, say again. Meghan Markle, the Statue of Sussex, should be Bella, don't you? <laughs> no, Tandy Newton would be perfect. Tandy Newton. Oh, Except okay. Bella's a bit tubby like me, so we, we need some we need somebody um, of mixed race origin who's a little bit tubby and not that pretty, with straight black hair. So I'm I'm sure there's quite a lot of very talented actresses who could apply for that one. I'm sure uh, Melissa McCarthy could pull it off. She certainly could. She's not uh, she's not half Indian, but she could. Oh, but she could pull it could. off. Perhaps it would be nice to get someone who's half Indian, though. It would. It yeah. Would. But, 
Um, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, Christy. <laughs> Thank you for the idea. Thank you for pushing it forward a little bit more. It would be a fun movie. It would be oh, fun. It, I think it would. It would be a tremendously fun movie. And uh, something that I always do whenever I read fiction is I cast the I cast the characters in my mind. Oh, I love that. Well, my uh, my last fiction book, which was The Miracle Man, which was about what would happen if the Messiah came to Earth as a judge on America's Got Talent. And I cast that one end to end. I, I love casting that one. Uh, cool. the, the Messiah figure would be uh, James McAvoy. Have you heard of him? No, I've not. He's a Scottish actor. actor. Um, you have to look him up. James McAvoy is my pick for Josh Gardner, the Messiah. Oh, I love it. I will definitely have to pick, uh, have to look up James McAvoy. Well, goodness. Well, Maggie, it's been, it's so fun talking to you. Is there anything else that you think we, we need to mention about, um, about Tales of the Blue Panda or any of your other fiction works? Um, no. <laughs> if you want to find out more about fiction, all my fiction is lighthearted. All of it is fun. All of it's got spirit. And you can just Google me. But given the spelling issue, it's Maggie with a Y. Maggie with a Y White House. That would be lovely. Thank you so much. But if you don't want to read me, go and read something you do enjoy. That's the most important thing is to be happy. I love that. Well, Maggie, I am very happy to talk to you. And I'm very happy whenever we get to cross our paths again. So, honey, let your freak flag fly. <laughs> oh, fry? Fry my freak? Oh, my God, there's the new book. <laughs> well, Frying tonight. <laughs> fly that freak flag. And that Yes, 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 yes. And have a wonderful and blessed 2021. I will definitely want to have you back on when you finished your book about the hedge priest and the um, the witch. You're the vicar and the witch. Thank you so much, Christy. Bless you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. And um, hopefully next year, things will start to make a little more sense. I hope so too. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.